The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Trigger warnings in advance for those with OCD. We're changing up the format just for this episode. Rest assured, this is still Sam, and you're still listening to all the filthy details. We'll be back to our regular format next month. In this episode, we're doing a writer's special. How does that work, you ask? Well, we are reviewing no fewer than six books today by six different authors. We've also asked a further four erotic content creators to help us review these titles. Now, we've given each judge three books to read, so effectively, each book will be compared against another two, meaning we will give out two star recommendations during this episode. Also, we're thrilled to be joined today by one of the best erotic content creators, Count Howell. We asked him several juicy questions, from how he feels about OnlyFans banning pornographic content to his own sex life. For those interested in featuring in future shows, we announce a secret word in each episode we'd like to see in our Twitter DMs. It lets us know you're listening, and we put our listeners first. Let's start this show with something familiar. Here's an extract from a story from the Erotic Diary series, Liaisons. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. Courtney, the 7th of January, 2020. My entire body was pulsating. Tremors rippled from my nipples to the tips of my toes. Moans escaped my lips only interrupted by the sounds coming from Adam. Fuck, I said, feeling Adam's mouth move toward my pelvis, and then his lips circling my clitoris. His tongue drew concentric circles around it, and I couldn't hold back. My eager hands pulled on the bedsheets, occasionally clawing at his back. I dug my fingers deep into his back until I felt blood. Adam was using his body to apologize for the days he had been using me as his mule. I had to admit that he was doing a wonderfully good job. If we weren't in one of the most expensive private rooms in the chalet, I would have worried that the soundproof walls wouldn't have been able to muffle our screams. It had not taken long for all my frustrations to disappear, for all of my anger at not being able to keep the clothes I smuggled to dissipate. Adam! Oh, Adam! I called. The rest of the words vanished in my mouth, like water into dry soil. His tongue between my thighs and his hands on my perky breasts had created an intensity I could no longer ignore. It was hard for me to have coherent thought, let alone to articulate words. At that moment, I knew that I would have to dedicate an entire diary entry to the events that happened in Suite 415. Dear Diary, 
I know it's been a few days since I've written, but there's a reason for that. You know that there is a name I write in the journal over and over again. This name has been the source of my tears, sleepless nights, rants and vents. It is because of this name that I haven't been able to tell you about my trip to Dubai or anything that happened there. Of course, it's Adam. My boyfriend, Adam. I had recently grown a thick skin about Adam. In fact, I hadn't heard from him in nearly a week. Perhaps my heart had grown colder too. I had learned to choose to enjoy what I got and avoid complaining about what I didn't get. It began as a boring weekday. I was being lazy, hanging out in bed, switching between the fashion channel and the omnibus of keeping up with the Westminster girls. I was torn between going to the mall for some people watching with a cup of coffee or enjoying a lazy lie-in. Anyway, I was still trying to make a decision when my phone rang. I let it ring twice, considering whether it could be work. Everybody knew I didn't work today, so I ruled that out quickly. The third ring jarred me, in spite of my resistance to stand up. Still, in my pajamas, I waddled to the phone and read the caller ID. Adam. My heart fluttered. Was I excited to hear his voice? Or angry he hadn't called in a week? I answered anyway, tense as hell. Hello? Pack your bags. We leave for Dubai in the morning. I had no time to ask questions make a suggestion, or express my frustration. Okay, I muttered quietly. The call ended as quickly as it had come. My eyes swept across the apartment, passing over the Kate Spade bags, Cartier watch, and Balenciaga sandals. Each item had a story behind it. The sandals were a gift to me after Adam brought some jewels to Egypt. The Kate Spade bags had been smuggled with rolls of money to Sweden, Sure, I'd had mixed feelings about those trips, but like an addict who is aware of the consequences of their actions, I could not say no. I was in love with a criminal. Adam had long been the perfect middleman for crime families and dirty officers throughout London. Most women might see these lovely gifts and feel thrilled, not me. No matter how adorable they appeared, they were all consolation prizes. They were into Hermes Birkin bags I smuggled to Molly, or the Chanel purses I asked Adam to buy for me. You can call me a material girl if you want. I don't care. I deserve what I asked for, and even Adam knows that I've paid my dues. They were good, but not ideal. I knew I needed to talk to Adam about it. Things might get heated, I thought. My mind used to be a web of tangled emotions. I had a lot of questions. Is Adam in love with me, or is he using me? What am I worth to him? Hot tears welled in my eyes. Was it really worth dropping my life, putting it on pause, for a man who wouldn't treat me like a queen? One who would just ignore me for a week, and then reach out to me for his work, when it was convenient for him? I bit my lip, but I couldn't hold back the tears. I knew I should call him back and tell him I was out, but my heart prevailed. I was going to Dubai. I crept back to the couch, now seething with rage, but also with the anxiety I was prone to. What was I going to pack? I'd never been to Dubai. 
but I had enough knowledge to know I needed to pack light. Dubai was hot. I already knew the routine. Adam could walk in at any moment, looking as if he'd just stepped out of a fashion magazine. He would plaster my face with kisses and tell me how much he'd missed me. If the mood was right, we would fuck. If it wasn't, we would talk. Generally, I do the listening, and he does the talking. Usually, the talking involves talk about laundering cash or smuggling something valuable. Some days, he falls asleep talking, snoring due to exhaustion. I pulled my bag from the wardrobe and tossed some clothes inside. Unaware of what was needed, I usually packed enough for up to one week. I tossed in some extra underwear for good measure, mainly because Adam would often swipe a pair. Usually, Adam would tell me what to wear and how to wear it later. I left a half-filled bag on the bed and returned to the couch. My head was still spinning. I barely settled in. Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. Take off my panties, I begged. He didn't need me to tell him twice. He peeled off my pants slowly, inch by inch. I felt my legs bare. His warm tongue with my nipples, sending me over the edge. I wanted to scream, let out my most primal sounds for the world to hear. My body shuddered, weak to Adam toying with my breasts, moving from one nipple to the other. I watched one hand move to the bulge he'd grown, still covered with his jeans. His teasing, licking, and nibbling was no longer enough. I wanted what was underneath the denim. The torment and pleasure were overriding everything else. I arched my back and felt my teeth shattering. My thighs were throbbing in anticipation of Adam tracing my body with his lips down to my sternum, my belly button, and finally to my clit. I grabbed the back of his head with a burning passion, urging him to give my clit the attention it deserved. I was a house on fire, and I needed to be hosed down properly. My fireman hesitated for a moment, as if he wanted me to say... Patreon supporters, rest assured, you'll be getting more content as per usual. We're now on Patreon. Our offer is fantastic. You'll get access to all our literary lovesick audiobooks for a price that is comparable to a single ebook. You can end your subscription at any time, and you'll still be able to keep your books. We also have more exclusive content, and even the option to put your character in our books. Head over there now and get your first glimpse of the newest title in Season 2 of the Erotic Diary series, Transitions. Let's answer some questions. It's so hard to resist not answering these on Twitter straight away. Milwaukee Mob asks, Best way to advertise erotica? Using influencers are the most effective way of advertising. It's even better if you can become an influencer. Most people find some success heavily discounting and buying advertising space on mailing lists or websites. But anyone who has done this will tell you that sales dry up after a day or two. Ultimately, you should aspire to get as many permanent sources linking back to your books as possible. This will give your books more chance of being discovered, 
and the pages on which they're sold on more page authority to similar products. Try writing a post about erotica with a link on our Reddit page. Everyone is welcome to do so. Annabelle Brito asks, If erotica were to become mainstream, do you think it will lose that excitement from the feeling of reading something taboo or forbidden? We had a little debate about this amongst ourselves and figured our answer is no. According to Derek, who studied erotic films for his successful YouTube channel, The Erotic Movie Review, erotica actually became mainstream in the 90s, with the erotic thriller being the movie of choice. Obviously, the trend didn't last, but the sentiment of not being as good as the book is a mainstay in our genre as it is in many others. A.N. Anatop asks, What is the music you guys use? I'm curious. Something D made using Apple's Logic program and some basic loops. Did you know we use hundreds of copyright-free sound effects in our books? So we've made some of our music free to use. They can be found on the Literally Lovesick SoundCloud channel. Okay, let's jump into our first set of book reviews. Hello, this is Demi, and you're listening to Filth, the erotic book review. This month, we're reviewing two sets of three erotic titles, intending to give two of them our star recommendations of the month. As usual, each guest judge has been given three titles to read, so each book is only being compared to two of its peers. With no further ado, let's get started by looking at our first three titles. Lucy, Queen of Clubs by Tinder Lust. As Isaac reached the top of the stairs, Emma grabbed onto his cock and clasped her hand around it. She pulled him up to his feet, and he found himself being dragged unceremoniously into the master bedroom. Emma crawled up and sat herself down on top of the bed, dragging the willing slave underneath her. She closed her eyes and pressed herself down on Isaac's face as his tongue touched her wet hole and moved ever so slowly towards her clit. Emma almost didn't react when Lucy pulled Isaac's legs up in the air and made her hold on to them. It was all just too good. Her mouth was wide open, her eyes transfixed on Jonathan's face as they both watched Lucy hop up and position herself on top of Isaac's ruby-red ass before gently guiding his massive cock up and in. Lucy pressed herself down, gently forcing the massive shaft inside her. Soon, the round curves of her ass covered all but Isaac's balls. Lucy pressed her body hard against his, deliberately prolonging the inevitable climax for as long as possible. She called on Jonathan to come over. He stood there as a pillar, dazed and transfixed on the vision waving him over. As if suddenly released from the spell, Jonathan walked up to Lucy and sluggishly put his hands on her hips 
before smoothing her sides and pressing his warm skin against her back. She put her arms around his neck as she rode Isaac's throbbing cock and whispered something in Jonathan's left ear. Emma watched Jonathan's facial expression go from confused to shock in a matter of seconds, with the feeling of Isaac's swift tongue exploring her insides was way too distracting. Lucy Queen of Clubs is a high-intensity short read in the fandom subgenre. The title revolves around our protagonist of the same name, bringing in a friend and eventually her friend's partner to help dominate her partially emsculated sub. From the get-go, it's made evident that all parties are acceptant in their roles, whether they are the sub or dom in this encounter. Chalet of Desire by Hazel Porter He shuffles around on his knees to face me. His eyes are glassy, his cock rock hard, and his smile almost makes me melt. Can you stand? He does as he's told, but keeps his gaze locked onto me as I drop to my knees. I lean forward and take his dick into my mouth and cup his buttocks with my hands for good measure. The warmth from where I struck him pulses under my fingertips as I give him a slow blowjob. He rests a hand on my head and the other on my cheek, but does not take over. I gag as I take him deeper, but it is exactly what he needs. A loud moan tells me to keep going. My cock is proclaimed that his has been fondled more than enough and wants its turn. Suddenly, he says something, but the meaning does not reach my mind. As he continues talking to me, my hands relax and stroke his hips and lower back softly. I understand his words and yet I can't grasp them. All I know is that my cock's demands are just as insistent, but I am powerless to do anything about them. I pick up speed and stroke his arousal to the point of no return, just as I feel his cock starting to convulse. I deep-throat him and allow my gag reflex to do the rest. His moans fill my ears as his semen squirts into my throat. You are ready. His cock leaves my mouth and his hand tilts my head back so I'm looking into his eyes. I just gaze at him as realization dawns that I actually fully registered these words. Imagine a futuristic version of the Big Brother TV show that revolved around BDSM in which the participants could change their appearance by using futuristic avatars. That's the closest way I could describe the chalet of desire. Our protagonist trades up his regular life and relationships for a place in the futuristic type game show. The tone of the sex is predominantly bisexual in nature. Elle Ventures, The Party by Elle Venzel. 
lost in the feeling of being used so thoroughly. I found a rhythm with the two of them, wanting desperately to make them come. The man fucking my pussy suddenly froze deep inside me. I could feel his cock pulsating as he filled me with cum. Jim did not let go of my hair and kept fucking my mouth. Seconds later, he shot a mouthful of cum into my throat. I fought to swallow every drop. As they stepped away, another man replaced the one behind me, sliding inside me with one thrust. So much larger was his cock in comparison. I gasped. He grabbed my hair and started fucking me so hard and fast, I was unable to do anything but hang on for the ride. He started slapping my still tender ass and quickly shot his cum inside me. As he moved away and was replaced by another, two men stood at my face, jacking off. First one, then the other erupted, shooting cum all over my face, in my mouth, and even in my hair. One of the men rubbed his cock in the cum on my face and then shoved it in my mouth. My depravity on full display, I eagerly sucked and licked every drop of the cum on his cock. Both Rita and Corden hovered nearby. They were taking pictures and videos, but I was comforted knowing that part of their proximity was to manage the scene so that I was not harmed. The next man who came up behind me turned me over onto my back. I nearly choked in surprise, realizing I knew him. Dan was a former client, and there had always been a level of pleasant tension between us. He grabbed my arms and pinned them above my head as he leaned in and kissed me softly on the forehead. Hello, Al. What a delight seeing you again. This is the first book in a series of two. In this title, the submissive Elle is made to pleasure multiple people initially by her dumb husband Ian in a sexual event to raise funds for charity. However, during this event, we learn that Ian has a girlfriend called Carrie, who is present at that event and has designs on what she is willing to have Elle to do to please the attendees after control is handed to her. Erotica author Michael Williams volunteered to help review these titles. Let's hear what he made of them. I enjoyed all three books. Lucy, Queen of Clubs, is a great choice if you desire a quick story with a clean ending. If your desire is to be swept away to another reality and completely live the life of another person, then Chalet of Desire is for you. If you're only going to have time to read one of these books this month, I suggest L Ventures, The Party. Miss Vanzell pulls the reader directly into the scenes, with both the way she connects you to her character's emotions and her vivid details. 
I also enjoy the way she clearly sets up two scenarios at the end, but does not write them. They are left open for the reader to fantasize about, or maybe there's more to come later. We asked erotica author and former featured guest Porter Rains to help us review these books. Porter, what did you make of these titles? Hello, I'm Porter Rains, and I'm the author of The Fantasexual Encounters of Isaac Eden in The Cuckoo Curriculum. And first off, I just want to thank all the filthy details for allowing me to read these three filthy stories. Uh, let's begin my review by starting off with El Ventures The Party by El Vanzel. While I'm not usually into erotic humiliation, I really enjoyed this story. It had a lot of great characterization, and more and more of Elle and Ian's relationship was parsed out throughout the story. I felt like that really allowed me to form a connection with the characters, despite how vastly different their lives are than mine. Uh, Elle Vanzel's writing was most resonated with me out of the three, as I, I take the same approach to writing erotica. It's a relatively short story, but it's certainly not unsatisfying to say the least. The scene's descriptions were artfully described, and the window through which we see Elle's thoughts and emotions added to the eroticism. Also, despite the subject matter of the story, the author was sure to inform the audience of the main character's continuing consent, especially considering it's told through the first person narrative, so we can witness Elle's thoughts alongside the graphic scenes that are going on. While the title might give it away, uh, there's certain to be a sequel, and I'm interested to see in which direction the author takes us. All in all, it, it was a great read, and I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Next up, we have Lucy, Queen of Clubs, by Tindra Lust. First off, I must say the gentleman's name in the story was a great choice, seeing as he shares the same name as the main character in my flagship series. While our sexual preferences may not align, we seem to share the same proclivity for naming characters. As for the story, I did enjoy what I read, despite this form of eroticism, you know, fandom, mistress humiliation not really being my cup of tea. Tindra Lust really has a knack for laying out a scene. I feel like the story could do with some more characterization. Uh, it seems that we're jumping in during the middle of the story. I feel like if the audience were given the opportunity to get to know the characters a bit more, maybe some of their background information, uh, the erotic scenes could have packed more of a punch. That's not to say it wasn't really a great read. I, her descriptions were great. They were fantastic. And the story definitely seems like it could be part of some anthology, given given the short length. Uh, I look forward to seeing how Tindra Lust ties this world together, because I do see a lot of potential. Last but certainly not least, we have Chalet of Desire by Hazel Porter. Uh, this was a really, really, really fun read. Uh, without giving too much away, it's a futuristic sci-fi take on a BDSM game show. Despite it being an erotica, it really felt like there was a fleshed-out plot with a lot of high stakes. Uh, the subject matter in the book, again, really isn't exactly in my wheelhouse, but despite that, I was able to understand what was going on thanks to Hazel Porter's incredible attention to detail. While some of the terminology fell outside my vocabulary, namely the equipment used on and by the main character, Alex, I really enjoyed the erotic scenes. There was a quote-unquote student-teacher relationship that I really enjoyed. Uh, you can really witness it blossom throughout the story. And uh, it was, yeah, it was great seeing the evolving relationship between uh, Alex and Darren. Despite being a full-length novel, it's certainly not a slow burn. Nearly every chapter has an erotic scene. Uh, 
it's a surprisingly great tale about admitting to your limitations. Uh, BDSM can be a tricky subject to write about, but Hazel Porter did a good job at reassuring the reader that the characters were always in full control. It's definitely the most graphic of the three stories, uh, but it covered everything I know and don't know about the BDSM genre. If I had to choose a favorite out of the stories I read, I would give that title to Chalet of Desire. It, it was just a really fun and engaging read, and even though it's not, I'm not into that sort of eroticism, uh, I felt myself deeply invested in the story. So I'm going to write these and show my workings out. Let's start with Lucy, Queen of Clubs. It's a 3.8 out of 5. This is the perfect short read if you want just erotica, no character development, no attachment to the cast, etc. At no point while reading this book did I consider having a conversation with other reviewers about if they felt invested in the characters. Personally, I think a great book has to have a hook, something to draw us back or at least feel strongly enough to want to talk about it. Tindra can obviously write. I personally would be happier if she spent longer doing it, bringing up some characters who grow and break over chapters. Now for Chalet of Desires. Hmm, okay, this is a 4.1 out of 5 for me. The thing about the title is I'm so conflicted about it. I brushed through the pages with a fine tooth comb. Everything within me was telling me this book is exceptional. The concept of the title was groundbreaking. The character development paced well. It just felt like a good solid read. However, personally, it didn't feel erotic to me. I couldn't get into the gay or straight scenes. And by the time we got midway into the title, it felt like the author was trying a bit too hard to make a lasting impression or to be edgy. For example, there is a scene where someone urinates in another person's mouth. If that wasn't bad enough, a person smears themselves with, please don't let me say it, towards the end of the title. Also, to be fair, these weren't the only problematic parts of the title for me. I honestly think a sturdy edit could make this title one of the best books. But as it stands, a 4.1 score is a score any author could be proud of. That leaves us with Elventures, The Party, which is an impressive 4.5 stars out of 5. Written in the first-person perspective, Elle throws you straight into the action and within the mindset of our protagonist. This approach helps us get invested in our main character, her feeling and fears. Tension is cleverly woven into the plot, which leaves us fully satisfied with its conclusion while still hinting there's more to come. On this occasion, Elle Ventures the Party wins our star recommendation with this mini masterclass of building a narrative, pace, and tension. It's enjoyable, well-written, and keeps you guessing about where the book is going next. Ultimately, the other two books fell short in getting our star recommendation because they gave us too much or too little. Before we go back to Sim, let's see what our guest judges have been working on. Let's start with Michael. What have you been working on? I'm currently working on book two of a three-part series. In book one, Chrissy's Training, I told the story of a young couple who seemed to have it all, but they were not connecting sexually. A week at sex school helped them see how they could better fulfill each other's needs. In part two, Chrissy evolves. Chrissy begins to fully embrace her sexuality, but it may become too much for her husband, Daniel. It will be available on September 10th. 
Super, a September launch. We plan to have Michael back as a featured guest next month, so hopefully we can be part of his rollout strategy. Porter, what have you been working on since the last time we had you on? Have you got a project coming up you're working on? If you listen to my interview on one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, you know I have a tendency to bite off a bit more than I can chew. I'm currently tangled up in a pile of writing projects, but in terms of erotic titles, I do have the next installment of the Fantasexual Encounters of Isaac Eden in the works. It's entitled The Chaste Changeling, and without giving too much away, it will explore Isaac Eden's continuing adventures in the land of Insadar and his sexual encounter with a shape-shifting creature. While I'm taking a bit longer with the story than usual, I have it on my docket for this year, so you can expect to see it before 2022. And I just wanted to thank you once again for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Porter. If you haven't, check out Porter's books. They're rather special. From their fantasy themes to the artwork, definitely worth checking out. Let's hand you back over to Sam and our special featured guest for this episode, Count Howell. You're listening to all the filthy details. (laughs) Now, it's time for our Spotlight on Eroticists. Hello, Count Howell. Our producer Dee describes you as being one of the most promising erotic content creators on the internet. To those in our audience who are yet to stumble on your channels, what is it that you do? And why do you think that resonates with your audience? So I create um, sonic experiences is the best term that I can find to, to call them. They're audio plays, radio plays. You know, um, I borrow a lot of tricks from those old styles. I use a lot of sound effects, a lot of atmospheric, you know, noises or music in some cases. Uh, I have a history in making music and doing sound design. So I bring in whatever I learned from that in order to do little tricks to make it feel like you are moving from one room to another or, you know, that um, a voice is closer or further away, things like that. Um, I think that having some theatricality to it and um, focusing on some of those technical aspects really helps it resonate with people. In that there's nothing, I try to make as little dissonance as possible with those things. Every little audio glitch will cause someone to kind of come out of the experience a little more. So the more you can minimize those, the better. And beyond that, I want to create a believable theatrical performance. And I think that I've, you know, been doing that the best that I can. Uh, with the resources that I have. I do plan on making some live videos of myself in costumes and stuff like that, but, you know, the other reason I could say that maybe it resonates well with my particular audience is knowing your audience and who your audience is not. And my audience is not for vanilla people. This is some hardcore kink. And crossing that line and not being afraid to stay on that side of it as well as, you know, a lot of the concepts I do are requests from... We had debates amongst ourselves about your actual character as a person. On one hand, 
you're educating your audience and giving people sound advice. On the other, you sometimes make content that's sexually toxic with consent issues. Who is the real Count Howell? <laughs> the real Count is something in between, or I guess I'm, I'm just a, a, I'm a regular fella. I just have a very vivid imagination that can get as dark as it needs to. Um, I, as far as the sexual education stuff, I want people to be as educated as possible on everything. Um, this is a realm where I started to realize that I was better educated than most of the people I knew. And I was sharing information with them and that grew and grew and, and I was doing streams and people would be asking me questions. So I started making videos in order to be able to answer, you know, more questions easier. And it was only after that, that I started making the adult content. And a lot of the adult content, like I mentioned, comes from suggestions from real people's fantasies and I'm just kind of playing them out um I don't I don't fantasize about you know kidnapping women or torturing them or anything like that my fantasies are more about like being worshipped and um serviced having having a, a a sweet anime made with big anime boobies except a, a real life version that that's kind of where I'm at in my head. Um, so when I make these things, it is very much a performance, even though these things can turn me on, but only in terms of what turns me on about them is not the action. Like it's not, you know, in one of my stories, I'm, I'm using a knife on, on the listener and that doesn't turn me on at all. But what turns me on is knowing that the listener is being turned on by that. That does it for me. And even in real life, engaging in fantasies with my partner um, helps me become On your Twitter, you have intimate photos of yourself with your lovely thick penis on display. I think it's safe to say that you really have thoroughly embraced this erotica life. Why do you believe erotica has resonated with you so much? Thank you for the lovely compliment about my penis. Um, I personally think that I resonate with erotica very closely <laughs> because when I was a child, my mother was a stripper and penthouse pet who won several awards, uh, Miss Nude World, Miss Erotic World, um, stuff like that. She used to tour and do performances. So I grew up in the sex industry. I grew up backstage at strip clubs, meeting porn stars, um, you know, being babysat by, by Playboy bunnies. Um, and so this was something that was always around. And my mom made a point to not really like hide it from me and to answer any questions that I had when I was young. And so, um, when I grew up, there was just no real shame in that regard. It was just like, oh, if I want to post nudes online, that's what I'll do. I shouldn't be judged for that. And if you judge me, you're the one with a problem. 
And so now that we are in, uh, you know, the post-2020 world, I found that a lot of women were a lot more public about the fact that they consume porn. And that really made me realize that there was still a lot of openings in the industry uh, left to be filled, so to speak. We see you're quite open about having been diagnosed with an impairment. What is it? And how does it affect you? And has it impacted your sex life? So, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a set of disorders um, having to deal with, my particular one is hypermobility. And basically my uh, connective tissue and cartilage is extra stretchy, which is cool because I don't wrinkle as easy. So I look, you know, about six, seven years younger than I probably should. Um, but it also sucks because my joints dislocate if I trip. Um, and I have a lot of nerve pain constantly. Uh, it's a daily thing. I take meds for it. And, um, when I'm not making things, it's because I'm down. I'm in bed. Uh, anytime I'm awake, I am working my ass off. And I think that's partially because of how much time I lose because of the illness. Um, I get very frustrated with it. There's projects that I want to do, and all of a sudden I have to sleep for 16 hours straight. And I fucking hate it. Uh, but it's not going anywhere. It's a genetic issue, and it's only going to get worse. So I'm just working my ass off to try and build something while I have the energy to still do that. Um, as far as how it's affected my sex life dramatically. Um, it actually doesn't really affect my performance on a case-by-case -case basis. There may be a couple times where I've had to be like, I'm in too much pain. I am not horny. Um, however, it's affected my ability to go out and meet people. I'm not able to participate in as many activities as other people can. And so I'm stuck at home a lot. Um, I got banned from Tinder because my pictures are too damn sexy. So I'm just kind of stuck. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll meet someone in the industry eventually or something like that. But so um, in that way, it's affected my sex life in that it's just severely limited my, my options. Let's talk haters. There is a fake account on Twitter of some disgruntled person pretending to be you. Do you know who that is and the story behind their attempts to mock you? My stalker. So this person uh, showed up because of a video I had on Pornhub. And then they quickly got banned from our Discord because they were going crazy in general chat with... Um, this really kind of race-baiting argument. Um, just, just starting the argument in general chat about, you know, racism and its impact and who's affected and who's allowed to complain. And it wasn't appropriate to have in general chat. And it was getting pretty racist on both ends. 
and I asked them to stop, and they called me a racist because of that. They said that I was defending racists by asking them to stop, so I kicked them, you know, whatever. Um, this has caused them to go absolutely ballistic. They have decided to try and prove that I am a pedo. Uh, they have decided to try and find where I live so that they can fight me. They have made a fake account that just disparages me. They um, like to send messages to people who they see are friends with me and say terrible things. Um, so I contacted a few people who I went, I went to their page and I saw they were leaving comments on other people's pages as well. So I contacted a couple of those people and I found out that they're getting an equally crazy treatment. So, um, what this has really taught me, we've had a couple trolls kind of infiltrate the community before and a couple crazies who, you know, had their obsession with me, either positive or negative. And I've learned that I have to have certain systems in place to defend myself. Like I can't reveal my address. That would be absolutely insane. Um, you know, and that, and that trickles down to all sorts of little things, um, as far as, you know, cybersecurity stuff, things like that. Um, and to me, it's irrelevant who this person is. It's like, okay, even if they stop harassing me, eventually another one is going to show up because the more you stick your face out there, the more, you know, people are bound to target you. And so I'm really just working to make sure that when these kinds of situations happen, they affect me um, to, to reduce the damage that they, that they cause to my name, I guess. Would you like to share something you've been working on with our audience? I have been working on um, live roleplay videos. So I will be dressed up as the Vampire Count Hal. I have another character who's a southern gentleman. And uh, we're going to be, this winter, we plan on shooting down in Tombstone, Arizona. And uh, I, hope, I hope I can uh, treat you all to a most dignified and wonderful time out here. And show, show off my desert of uh, Arizona. You know, things like that. Um, I've got costumes all set up. And uh, basically, like, the first half will be a live-acted video uh, that's just kind of role-playing leading into the second half that will be just audio, which will be the more erotica part. Um, and that's just a matter of resources and temperature. So we're waiting until we have everything we need to shoot it and until it's cool enough outside to do so because in Arizona, it is still, like, 110 degrees right now, if not hotter. We recently learned that OnlyFans has decided to ban all pornographic content on their platform come October. As a content creator who has used and networked with others who have helped popularize this brand, we'd like to hear your thoughts on this turn of events. Yeah, OnlyFans is going to be booting explicitly sexual content. And boy, is this a complicated subject. So, essentially, their uh, take on it has been that they want to become a more family-friendly platform. 
they want to get on the App Store. They want to be featured on, you know, Roku and, and Fire Stick and, and stuff like this. So uh, they can't just be a porn company. Now, what has a lot of people very frustrated is that obviously OnlyFans built itself on pornography. What then happened is as it became more ubiquitous and less taboo to have an OnlyFans, you actually started seeing a lot of creators who were not making porn migrate over there, especially from YouTube and especially female creators. Now, whether they decided to do naughty stuff behind their paywall or not is somewhat irrelevant. Inevitably, OnlyFans determined that they must be doing well enough off of these other creators that they don't need the porn stars anymore. And now they're dropping them. So a lot of people in the sex industry feel very, very betrayed. But companies aren't your friend. They can't betray you. You should have never trusted them. What's got me a little boggled is I honestly don't see the huge value of OnlyFans. Now granted, I release my content for free, but there are other paid sites that you can release through, and there's even platforms and services through Pornhub, through some of the main sites that allow you to sell your content. OnlyFans does not allow any form of discoverability. You have to use another platform to get your name out there. So. The biggest thing I see as the positive to OnlyFans is the anonymity, that you can hide everything behind the paywall. So, I can only see one of two things happening, of course, and that's that either a new platform opens up that allows people to continue on the way they were, or people are forced to migrate to existing platforms and change the way they act which means more people releasing free content or content that is preview, uh, more people revealing their identities as they can't hide them as easily, or just a whole heck of a lot less uh, people in sex work. You also have to keep in mind the importance of that fine print there, right? Explicitly, quote-unquote, sexual content. See, they want to be able to uh, have their cake and eat it too here. They'd like to be able to have art that has nudity in it, however, not have pornography. And, I mean, that line is so very, very blurry that, of course, it always basically just ends in whatever we say goes. If we don't like your content, we're going to boot you. If it's making us lots of money, well, you know, Oh, we, we, we just haven't, we, we have a lot of accounts we have to review and, um, we believe in treating everyone fairly and we're doing an internal blah, 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 you know, and then suddenly that account is never taken down. We've seen it on YouTube. We've seen it on Patreon. We've seen it on every platform that expresses the right to be able to just kind of determine what is or isn't appropriate on their own. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. You know, uh, OnlyFans, YouTube, Patreon, they have a right to what they want to host and what they don't want to host. It just really, really sucks for content creators when that line is not clear. I mean, that's why I'm banned from Instagram for having shirtless pictures. I'm, I'm banned from uh, t TikTok for making dirty jokes. And I'm banned from Tinder for uh saying that i am a sex worker in my profile like 
where how was i supposed to know that any of these things were technically breaking the rules and how many other people out there are doing the exact same thing and not getting busted and this is not like a jealousy thing this is just like a hey this these rules are not enforced uniformly so as content creators it's really hard for us to predict where we're going to be successful in releasing our content without knowing if we're going to get booted you know two weeks later um, after making the investment of trying to advertise that platform and get our customers to go there what's interesting also of course is i mean this has to be one of the dumbest decisions only fans could have ever made First of all, they were becoming the go-to when it comes to adult content. And I'm sorry if you don't want to be that, then sell your company and get out. This company is worth a ton as what it was. If they actually think that whatever they're making off of their, you know, other content creators is going to be enough to sustain their business, it just seems really far out. I mean... In my imagination, a lot of these people who have accounts for, you know, a YouTuber who's gone over there and has decided to put their content behind the, the paywall, they have accounts to other OnlyFans creators as well. I mean, very few people are going to sign up and only get one account for one safe-for-work creator. So if you have 10, 20 accounts, I mean, cool, sign up for an extra one, whatever. But most people go there for porn. And if you shut that down, then most people are not going to have a lot of reasons to visit the, the page. And I just cannot see these safer work content creators having enough draw to pull people to the website continuously. However, I have been wrong about many of my predictions. All I can really say is kind of, you know, the, the view of what's happening and, um, that I wish all sex workers luck. I also hope that they stop referring to everyone who had an account on OnlyFans as girls and ladies. Like, you know, all the girls are really, you know, impacted by this. Come on, there's guys on here too. Um, but aside from that, you know, I I'm very much hoping that everyone lands on their feet and hoping that everyone finds a platform that works for the kind of content that they want to release. For those not familiar with Count Howl, what websites are you active on, and how can people follow you? I post my material to YouTube, Pornhub, OnlyFans, and I put links on Patreon. So basically, uh, in any place where content can be provided you should be able to find me i have a second channel on youtube that was from my more streaming gaming hanging out days uh some random videos on there that one's you know i i think i'm going to revive that pretty soon um i have my personal website howls.cc that has links to everything i do um, and my Patreon, I gotta plug that, patreon.com slash Count Howell, where you can help me produce the things that I want to produce. Uh, aside from that, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, just look for Count Howell. You should be able to find me. Uh, if the person only has three followers and is just saying a bunch of terrible things, it's my stalker. The only other Count Howell is me. So thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. 
Um, I really appreciate you having me do guest work before. I think it's been a lot of fun. I look forward to working with you guys again in the future. Thank you to the listeners for listening to me uh, gab on for a little while. Please go check out the work. Uh, It's not for the lighthearted, but if you're into that darker stuff, then maybe it's for you. Thanks again for joining us. Count Howell has expressed his desire to work with several authors on projects for free. Get in contact with him if you're interested in him performing your titles. A word of advice to writers. Get your books out there. Get your name out there. Write on our Reddit page. Get featured on our show. If you want people other than yourselves talking about your books, then start talking about your books. Oh, and before I forget, the secret word of this episode is clarity. So, let's get back to our writer's special episode. We have a further three books to get through, giving one more book our star recommendation. You're listening to all the filthy details. (laughs) We're back again with another three titles to read in our writer's special episode. Let's begin. The Officer's Hands by Taylor Maddings. (laughs) I... I want you, sir. She was still crying. The words coming out choked and broken. But somehow, none of it was a lie. (laughs) I want your cock in me. What do you want? His voice was barely more than a growl. (laughs) Fuck me, sir. Oh, God. Fuck me. A hand came up, closing on her neck. Beg. She didn't have to pretend. Pushing back, she felt him holding the tip of his cock against her opening, stroking back and forth. Please, sir. Please fuck me. I want you inside of me. Please come inside of me. And all at once, he did. She gasped as he pushed all of himself into her. He was so wide. It opened her more than she had ever felt. Inside her, he was so deep He reached places she hadn't even known. This? This is what you want? This is why you stopped me? (laughs) Yes, sir. You wanted someone to pin you down and fuck you? Hurt you? (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Tell me you wanted it. (laughs) I wanted it, sir. I wanted it. He thrust into her again, pulling her hips back against him. Fuck, I know you did. His rhythm started to speed up, and his sounds became less contained. Come inside me, she said, pushing back against him with every thrust. Please, sir, come inside me (laughs) he let out a little laugh and pushed once then once more before going still 
his cock still. Deep inside her, heavily, he curled over her, engulfing her as he struggled to hold back the flood rising in him, threatening to end it all here. You still owe me ten, he said through gritted teeth. The words sent terror through her, and she immediately struggled. How could he want more? How could he expect her to take more? Almost an answer. He thrust himself deep inside her, pinning her against the stairs as she writhed to get free. All this elicited from him was a groan of pleasure. Oh god, yes. Fight. He thrust again, letting out a noise that betrayed how close he was to climax. Yes, fucking fight. A successful married woman, sick of being in control, makes an agreement with a policeman she overheard talking about his violent fantasies to indulge in the future at a time unknown to her. It's gritty, realistic, and breathtaking at times. This makes you ask questions like, can you actually trust a new dom? Lockdown Lust by A.N. on a top. I know I'm going to come this time and I suck in a gasp of air, a grunt escaping me. My hands slide from her hair, and she slides her mouth back. At the same time, the stroking at my strangely sensitive asshole changes pressure, and I am taken by surprise at an almost burning sensation. She stuck her finger up my ass. I don't have time to panic or be shocked because she's pressing against some kind of knot that I didn't even know was there. She's rubbing her tongue at my helmet, and the odd pressure from her intruding finger is in sync with it, and the lights are flashing in my eyes. My legs are shaking, and I swear it's like a cork from a champagne bottle. I mean, it's like I felt something click inside, and more cum than I knew I had is rushing out of me. I am overwhelmed. I do not know up from down. All I can feel is hot pulsing in my cock. The rush of its release as I flood her waiting mouth with spunk. And then... The pullback tension in my loins as the next rush hits. The next jet into her. Three. Four. Five. I am dimly aware of the pressure inside me fading. The careful removal of her spit and now, God knows what, covered finger... But mainly, I am aware of her looking into my eyes. I swear she's smiling, with my cock still in her mouth, still unloading. Now, she definitely is, opening her mouth wide as the last dribble falls to her covered tongue. Gorgeously wanton, 
She is showing me the opalescent white of my cum in her mouth. A fairly large thread is trickling from the corner of her mouth, and she lets my cock fall free as she snaps it shut. I don't know if it's the fallout from the mind-blowing orgasm making me hallucinate, but I swear she swishes it round her mouth. The cat-like smile is still there. She's got her cream. She tilts her head back and strokes her throat with her fingertips. And I know what the gulping noise is this time. Not to be confused with another title and audiobook of the same name, Lockdown Lust is a non-linear romantic erotic story, a relationship that develops from lust-driven neighbours, casually perving and upskirting from a distance, turns into heated notes, conversations and sexual encounters. Expect multiple chapters retold with numerous flashbacks. Pauline by Nell Symington Ella moaned appreciatively into Mike's cock. Mm. Well, goddamn, it's going to happen soon. This bitch can really suck cock. Ian finally seemed to lose some of his composure, and he gripped roughly into the sides of Ella's thick ass and began to pump harder into her making her bust swing more heavily and her face slam harder into Mike's pencil dick. You're really missing out, man, Mike said, addressing Paul for the first time since entering Ian's room. Oh shit, babe, I'm gonna come. Paul stared at Ella as she appeared to be egged on by this information. She cupped Mike's balls and moaned louder, and her sloppy, slurping sounds became more intense, and soon Mike couldn't hold back anymore. Oh yeah! Swallow it all! Fuck yeah! Mike gripped onto Ella's head as he unloaded directly into her throat. Paul couldn't see Ella's face properly from his angle, but from what he could see in here, it seemed like Ella was eagerly and gratefully swallowing everything she could. Ian had even slowed down his pounding a little to allow the two to have their moment. When he was finished, Mike pulled out of Ella's face suddenly, and Ella's tongue flew out of her mouth with a desperate gasp. Ah, uh, thank you, she gasped. Thank you so much. Your cum was so, so tasty. Holy shit, said Mike, who had stumbled over to Ian's bed. Oh, no way, Ian said before Mike sat down. Either put pants on or get out of here. You're not putting your naked ass on my bed. 
This erotica, written in an exaggerated misogynistic style, tells the tale of Pauline, who transitioned to a woman because of their bimbo envy. Mm, yeah, that's the plot. It comes with several warnings about the title's content, which is good to see considering how deliberately edgy this book is. We asked BDSM author and past featured guest Tiny Sparks to help us review these titles. Let's hear what she thought. Hello, everyone. Thank you for um, inviting me again to the podcast. I'm uh, Tiny Sparks, the um, author of BDSM Erotic Fantasies and BDSM Erotic Stories. I've had the great pleasure of reading three books, and this is my review. The first book is Pauline, and it has some great erotic scenes. It's a very short story, and it remembers me of the Stepford Wives, as it has a similar but then erotic story, as in bimbofication. The ending threw me for a bit, and it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but that is up to you to read. The second book is Lockdown Lusts. Now, obviously, that resonates with everyone because it is set exactly as we are living now, with the lockdown, uh, with the masks, with the social distancing. It's a slow burn, and it has a lot of... um, well, a lot of it only has two characters and a lot of flashbacks, but it is very well written. I have to say, it's the writing is just brilliant. You have the flashbacks, which might give you a bit of a whiplash. It didn't me, but the sex scenes are um, very hot, 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 hot. And then the final book that I read was The Officer's Hands, which is very apt, the title. Uh, This story was one of the hottest ones for me. And it has some taboo. It has a bit of um, dubious consent, although there is consent in the beginning. Um, It's... A bit violent, it's hot, and I actually orgasmed from that one, so I can tell you. Uh, yeah, I really preferred that one over the other two, but um, all of them got me very horny. <laughs> of course, we had to ask our featured guest, Count L, to help review these titles. What did he think? What can I say about stories where cops get what they want? Well, I'm not a fan of the police, for personal reasons. I do understand the power fantasy. Someone who has ultimate authority over you. And could get away with whatever they really wanted to. The main character of our plot uh, gives herself over to that fantasy and willingly puts herself in the path of a man with some pretty dark uh, imaginings of his own. And later in the story, it almost seems like he's been setting up for this for a while. Uh, Even though he is, I believe, cheating on his wife at the time. So little risky, risky business going on there for the officer. If you like, uh, you know, stories about BDSM, 
stories about power exchange fantasies, stories about infidelity, then I would suggest it. The next story I read was called Lockdown Lust, which was more about the romance of two people who meet under the very strange conditions of COVID lockdown. They do their best to romance one another and flirt through the exchanging of handwritten notes, which is very cute, until around chapter six, when they finally get freaky on a park bench. Nice. I thought it was very sweet, even for being pretty dirty. Give it a shot. I think you'll like it. So the last story I read was called Pauline. <laughs> I'm not even sure where to start. So Pauline is primarily a bimbo fetish uh, story. And I have a huge fetish for bimbos. Lovely, beautiful, bouncy, plastic... Uh, sexual objectification personified bimbos. So, this story really appealed to me. And um, it's about a character named Paul who wishes that he could have a bimbo of his own. And while a couple of his friends have managed to acquire bimbos, he has not lucked out yet. Until the twist happens. Paul heads over to a company where women have been buying lots of bimbo products and finds a method to become a bimbo themselves. Thus, Pauline is born and becomes our new main character. We then follow uh, one of her sexual romps, and that's as far as the story uh, went. I thought it was very interesting, and while the first half appealed to my interests quite a bit, that turn was not for me particularly. However, I happen to know that for a lot of bimbo fetishists, there is a big crossover into cross-dressing. So, if you are interested in looking like a bimbo yourself, be you guy or girl, it might be a story you like. If you are interested in bedding bimbos, could be hit or miss. Just take my words as a little bit of precaution. So choosing only one of these to be my favorite, I think I'm going to go with Pauline. As an avid reader in general, uh, sometimes erotica can play out pretty predictably. And while the other two stories were very interesting and very sexy, they played out how I expected. Pauline in that sharp 90 degree turn really took me by surprise. And while I was aroused by the first half, I was curious about the rest. And erotica doesn't usually have me reading for that reason. So if you only have time to check out one, check out Pauline. But I definitely suggest all of them as they were all pretty good. Time for me to have my say on these titles. Where to begin? Okay, I'd like to start by saying everyone can't get a star recommendation, but submit your best if you have multiple titles. 
The officer's hands, 4.4 out of 5. We loved this. It felt hot, steamy, and a little like a guilty pleasure. The powerless nature of our gasping protagonist having to worry about covering up her wounds of her heavy-handed punishing dom filled us with dread. The pacing was perfect. The resolution is fantastically grounded. Lockdown Lust gets a 4.3 out of 5. This was probably my favourite out of all six books I read this month, but this was unfortunately flawed in places like most debuts. The main characters were well fleshed out, and the erotic scenes were written beautifully. The consensus of what let this title down was its pacing. Also, for a title of this length, we felt the need for more characters, conflict and drama. Dee, our podcast producer, bought the sequel on the back of reading this and said, and I quote, If the Christmas special was submitted, it wins the recommendation every day of the week. Then we have Pauline, which gets a 3.9 out of 5 stars. I tried to look at this from all angles to understand why Nell submitted this book from her fabulous looking collection of titles. Personally, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand the appeal of this book at all. It was purposely misogynistic, and the plight of the protagonist transitioning to become an airheaded bimbo seemed offensive in nature, not only to those who have struggled to transition, but women alike. Then it dawned on me that this actually could just be the working of a genius we didn't understand. After all, one of our guests loved it. All that aside, sometimes when you're an innovator, breaking the mould, people just don't get it. Therefore, I can see not being recommended for our star award becoming a badge of honour for some. As things stand, we've read some marvellous titles, and if you have the time and drive, I recommend you read as many of these authors as you can. With that being said, we're going to make The Officer's Hands our star recommendation. We like the fact Taylor Madding's approach is to make every paragraph count. Our characters are recognisable as if they were plucked out of reality. The conflicts, highs and lows are compelling. This book isn't the longest read, but is definitely worth adding to your collection. Usually, we don't do this, but with this being writer's special, we're going to award A.N. on a top with the One to Watch Award. We thought they had written two exceptionally outstanding titles, and you expect an exceptional third. We recommend you also read their titles and look out for anything new. Before we let our guests go, we want to thank Count Owl and Tiny Sparks again for helping us review these books. And we have to ask Tiny what she's been working on since being on the show last. Since last time, I've written a uh, new series, or I'm writing it as we go. Uh, it's called His Rules, where there is a uh, boss and a secretary who didn't read the contract very well, as there was a special clause, a kind of sex clause. She should have read it, but um, when she realized what it was, they talked about it, and eventually she's just going to go with it as she needs the money and is quite intrigued. I'm writing this in several parts as um, actually just um, releasing it as I go, trying to give everyone a chance to read it um, makes the first one free and the second one is 99 cents the third one will also be 99 cents and hopefully finished by the end of the month then i'm writing book four 
of the story between Tina and Barry and that one should be released also by the end of the month. I'm really trying to get them all uh, finished but I've heard from the new series that the most favorite scene is the one with the janitor and a famous quote so far is that Greta almost came from a mustache on her clit while he's actually while he's licking her out. But uh, except for that, um, I'm hoping to write the finale for all two series and um, maybe also the big ball of the vampire series. But that's still on hold for now. Thank you for having me. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Internet watch time. Adam, Adam, who wrote a review on the show, we love you and here's the proof. Thank you for your kind words. The Erotica Feed Reddit page is in its infancy, but Taylor Maddings left one of our first posts in regards to her Fakasha to Break Erotic Romance series bundle, which includes one of the books we review today. It's bundled and available through Kindle Unlimited. So what are you waiting for? Download it today. Get on our Reddit page and post something for us to talk about on the show. The links are in the description. Great, you're still here. Thanks for listening. We will be back with our regular format for episode 14. Remember, you can still find and support us on Patreon. Join us on Patreon for more of this. She let it fall down her arms and sat in just her turned-up skirt, masturbating on her bed. You too, she moaned. Oh God, you too. I quickly removed my top and bra, taking care not to let the rabbit move. I was in the perfect position and I knew we were both getting close to climax. I walked over to my bed to grab the panties and saw that there were cum stains on them. So I guess when Isabel texted Scarlett was saying that Adam kept the panties for his personal collection, he wasn't kidding. Although, I wish he was. I threw the panties away and crawled back into bed. It was hard to sleep that night knowing I was sharing my bed with two of Isabel's soaking wet panties, one which was marked all over with splashes of cum. You've been listening to all the filthy details. The Literary Lovesick Podcast. Thanks for joining us. See you soon.